So like, I honestly feel like we've got this 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 mentality, and I don't know if it's a Canadian thing because Canadian hockey fans are a whole other breed, man. And we believe in our teams. Whole. Do we believe, even when there's glaring weaknesses, you know what I mean? And it's like, or or just took, take a look at Edmonton. Edmonton's ready to hit the end the world now button. Yeah, you know what I mean? Well, with this McDa- Connor McDavid getting, you know, 12 million a season and, and Drysidle getting 9 million, 8 million a season, uh, like after one year of production. Yeah, that's big money yeah, in hockey yeah, terms. They, and they to, be t- they, to a couple that's of players. That's what I'm saying. They they tied up money and and, and they they made these big I statements mean, and even and, the Ilya Kovalchuk deal, which that's crazy, twelve or sixteen or twenty year one was still only about five or six million dollars. No, it was year. more than that. It was oh it, a it, year. It, yeah, it, it was broken down to that, but it was front loaded. So there was yeah. a, the front load of that still was like in the eleven to twelve million dollars. But range. that was record breaking at right. the time. Absolutely. And now you're handing out in the same ballpark to two different guys. Two, two on guys the, on, on the, the first team. contract on the same team on the first contract. It's insanity so, to a degree. And they start the season one and four. Yeah. Right, which is like, I'm pretty sure that it's like Jonestown, Guyana, right now in Edmonton, <laughs> right? Like. It, and, and it's tough to see. Now again, it's an eighty-one game season, but where we're six, we're, we're most of these teams haven't even played eight games yet. And 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 this is what you know in the NBA and every league we have to caution. Even in the NFL right now, we're talking like the Dallas Cowboys, for example, have lost right. three games. Playoffs are very unlikely for this team. I mean, Edmonton's <laughs> one and four, but one of their players didn't land on their own ankle and make it bend out ninety degrees. No, and, right? and this is still a nut. Like this is still two of the best young players in the league. Uh, a lot of people are already claiming that Connor McDavid is the best player in the world. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, the, and, and you know what? And he, he is. He was touted as that coming into the league. Right. And like, now he's, he's kind of he making is, good He is the next, like, Sidney, it was he's like, you know, when Wayne Gretzky, it went, then Sidney Crosby, now it's Of course, right? There's Connor those McDavid. generational talents yeah, in every sport. Him, for sure. And Edmonton needs to relax. They do. They need, whereas the other end, you had Edmonton, or you had the Montreal Canadiens fans walking in, Ready to ready to say, hey, we're 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 one good player away, Jonathan Drouin, to to the glory, and they're sitting too with like what happened, right? Because Con- like again, in price they trust, and he's a little shaky right now. Again, start of the season, but and that's the thing, goalies. It's hard. I mean, they're because goalies tend to drop at a certain point. Well, and, and great and, for years and years, and then one season where it's hard to pinpoint. Even a Brodeur, even Martin Brodeur didn't have a good season every year. No. You know what I mean? And and they that was a team that really relied on Martin Brodeur to have a good season. They so, also did build their defense in front of them to a way where they were pushing shots to the outside. Yes. They had a hybrid almost to they, the Boston well, and I Montreal mean, they, uh, of the Boston and Montreal layouts where they they had a goaltender based lineup but with a de- the reason defense in why front of them the, that pushed in shots from the, the outside. The reason why the red line was taken out and the two line pass was taken out was to bust the trap, which was the New Jersey way to play hockey. Um, but, I mean, there is still some telling signs that you need to be worried about early on in the season with some of these teams. Um, the, 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 the Toronto Maple Leafs right now, they can do no wrong. 
Are they playing good D? Not really. And that's the thing, and that's why they can saying, score right? in buckets, and that's winning. And the problem is that it's it's impossible to ask your players to score five or six goals a night for the entirety of a season. It's not viable. And yeah. so I'm just I'm waiting to see for a game that's for them that's going to finish two one, right? Or a game that's going to finish one, well, and which they just did have in Washington. And right. They but won a I two nothing to, game. Which right. But I need some consistency in, in the in the. Effort night in and night out of their defensive guys when yep. the pressure is on them. Well, and I mean this is always going to. If you jump gonna... out to a 2-0 lead, or if you jump out to a 3-0 lead, yeah. you're you're de- it, it immediately becomes easier. Absolutely, for you. and and I mean they are definitely are exhibiting the Doctor Jekyll and Mister Hyde aspect of their D, which is going to be a constant experiment. Of course. And I mean, it always but, has been. I mean, they focused very much on the puck movers, which yeah. I know that you really you're you're not on board with this entire idea. It's the, the same problem movers. that I have in the NBA. I don't like the idea of moving away from the big man, and every big man has to be mobile. I miss my ogres under the net. I still think there's a place for them, and the next team to find a true one is going to also come out of nowhere and make teams go, "Where did that come from?" Well, this is the thing: is that you end up finding these guys. They're one of a kind at this point, Perzingis, right? Right, guys yeah. who, who are 7'3 and move like they're 6 feet but have the strength. Like yeah. You're going to have one of those guys come out in the NHL mm-hmm. and he's going to revamp that position for the next generation. And, and you got this you got this happening right now in Vegas where Vegas didn't necessarily have the ability to draft the player they want. Yeah. But they had to take the best pieces that teams couldn't protect in this expansion draft. And they're sitting with like a 5-1 record right now. They're the first team since the 1916-17 Montreal Canadiens as an expansion team to start this well. So in the 100-year history of the NHL, this is the second time it's happened. So they're really bucking the curve out of necessity almost but again, the rest of the league. They had to take a look at what they were getting, and I think part of it is the fact that they play a sound defensive game with some solid goaltending right now. Again, this all can. This is all a fairy tale. Of course, point. right? You gotta get into like we'll start really talking seriously about all this after like you know twenty five December, games. right? Yeah, right absolutely. around December, then you start getting in. Then you kind of know which teams are looking like they're going to go up, and which especially ones are going with the length and the parity of the NHL playoffs, you got a lot of teams that are playing seven games into overtime, double overtime. You got got it's been you, insanity the past you, couple of years yeah, of how just, how you realize how much better every but how much better the floor in the NHL has become. Yeah, that every guy now is so talented and so skilled that even from the best team to the worst team, from the first line to the fourth line, the talent difference between these guys is so much smaller than it was five or ten years ago. Well, it's tight. It, it, again, it's no longer the Detroit show. It's no longer like. We it haven't can't be anymore. Well, the closest that we're going to see to a dynasty is the Penguins. It's and the Pittsburgh Penguins right now. And, Pitt, and Pittsburgh right now has got a little bit to worry about. The only real saving grace for them right now and to, to start worrying is the fact that they did win the Stanley Cup the second year in a row. They haven't gotten to rest players. You know what I mean? Yeah. They literally had to get up and going in three months and then back at it. Where some of these teams that seem like they might be better... Um, have literally um, had to, uh, you know, they've they've had like, you know, since last an extra April, month or two of more than yeah, three months worth extra yeah. worth of rest just to to get ready. So you you kind of have to forgive some of the, these teams with that. But like I like I, I I've uh, been talking about like you can't also underestimate 
what a start will do for you, even in an eighty-two game series. Oh, of course. And and right. or like for example, getting off on the wrong foot, <laughs> dependent on your team structure and the coaching behind it, like can the, ruin a season. And we did that with the Blue Jays. We just kept saying they're they're better. They're second half team. They're second half team. They're second half team. You can't always be a second half team. The, it, and it, that's what the Raptors fell into with their game to game, where mm-hmm. they weren't. We just fell into the trap of well, we're not a first quarter team, right? But then uh, near the end of the season, we became also not a fourth quarter team, and then, <laughs> right? Yeah, uh, it was like we're a no quarter team. We're we're basically right. mediocre. In now the we're whole good game. in the middle of the game, but the quarters <laughs> that really matter, the first and the last one, we're just not good at. Right? Like, you yeah. can't just bank on not being good for an entire portion of a game. Right? No, absolutely. And and like I said, it. it it's not trying to just knock sports fans in Toronto, and they they, they, they catch a lot of fucking grief. They do. Like I, I'm going to be course. honest. I know they do, but the but there's a reason behind it. And, Definitely. And, and and like I said, the we you got to be careful to those starts, and, and you got there's a lot to be seen when you have a healthy team that isn't clicking. And sometimes, yeah, it's the addition to new players. Of course. You get a lot of new, especially on your defense, when you're changing things like that. It can be expected. But even, This year, though, there is a little more forgiveness because of... Of course, right? And I was going to say, even on a larger scale, the idea that, uh, that you shouldn't really take too much out of a start. I mean, you can kind of see it in the league as a whole. I mean, we got all the new rule changes in. And they really did uh, put a damper on the flow for the first week or two. But, yeah. of course, everything's kind of working its way in. Yeah. And I think you were saying that um, that we've kind of seen a little bit more freedom in the last few games. I, it, adjust, it, feels right? like, it feels like we've had a couple more of those classic 2-1, 3-0... The, you know what I mean? Where no more than five goals are scored games in the last few coming down the pipe. Um, and, and these rule changes have been hectic. And I think that I think the league is getting to see into the future in a negative way all what, what it's going to take to get the amount of goals I think they think we need for hockey to be good. And, and, it's, unfor- and, and it's fortunate maybe that... You I think are you getting catered, it you cater to the uh, lowest common denominator, and as a result, you lose some of the diehard fans. Right. Well, I think you'd lose a lot of fans. I think that the complaints about hockey would grow. Uh, nine goal g- games with nine goals, five four, even they may be that it's just because you have what in a twenty minute period. I watched one game in that twenty minute span. Only six of it was played even strength. Yeah, and that's it's become a huge issue recently. Right, well, and the problem for me is that you slow down the pace in the sense that you no longer have this nice flowing back and forth game like you do in the NBA, right? Mm-hmm. All of a sudden, it's like when you get the rest and they won't put their whistles away, and it's just free throw, free throw, yeah. free throw. Right, and it's a problem throw. that they've had in the NBA for a long time that's right. been a huge downside. I mean, in the past couple of years, even popularity for the NBA – I mean, colloquially, like, just with people that I know, with people online that I know, has definitely dropped a considerable amount I mean, they due have, to that flow issue. They have grown as a league. So, like, it's hard to tell them that what they're doing is wrong. I think in the I long think it's, term... I think definitely, overall, enjoyment of it has grown. But as far as the in-depth, you know, kind of fandom of it mm. has dropped. And we know that with the face-offs... This is something that they had issues with years ago yes. where, you know, we all remember it where 
it was getting to a point where every face-off somebody was getting yeah you out. just tr- drop the puck ref like come on like like it's again it seems like and i mean as much as i hate to agree with don cherry <laughs> it's just like let's not make it about this isn't the show for the guys that are in stripes this is let's just drop the puck stop trying to make it so like you're faking them to do something wrong. You know what I mean? Yeah. Just drop the biscuit. That's always Let's been get the, the weirdest thing going. for me. Right. Like, it, it's entrapment. You're, yeah. You're making a rule that kicks people out. And then to enforce that rule, you're baiting them into, into you know, biting on your new rule. Right. And, and, and again, if it's egregious, I get it. But, like, I mean, this, this little ticky-tacky, like, your toes over the line. Like, well, we don't want guys just physically going in and winning it. Who cares? When it's a physical game. When was the last time game? a guy got injured seriously on a face-off? Right. And it very rarely ever happens. That's what I'm right? saying, yeah. right? So, like, I get it. Make the game safer. I mean, yeah. this is a problem that the NFL has had. It's a problem that the NHL has had. It's a problem that every league has about yeah. kind of finding that line between safety and flow. Yes. And I know that that's something that you were talking about with the new slashing rules. That oh, that's it's... kind of that gray area. Absolutely. Well, and again, it's not It's not based on the fact that I think use of your stick in a malicious way, absolutely. From oh, the moment that McSorley did it to Bershear. It becomes a very to... subjective thing, I'm right? not, But we're not talking about guys swinging sticks at people's heads. Last year with the Sidney Crosby and the Thought incident where his... his his finger got chopped off. That Terrible was for anybody. But, ev- almost but it's a Gordon Hayward incident. Right. And almost everyone in the league, in, and, and still, if you talk to any hockey players, like, that eh, play happens a lot. I mean, he should have maybe dialed it back a bit, but, like, to make a whole rule, like, if next year the NBA gets a gets a free ball rule where a defensive player cannot contact a blind player coming in for a, you know what I mean? You're going to see a real bad effect happen, And you know what? This is something that I've always, you have to at some point decide whether you want to keep the integrity of a sport the way it is Mm. or whether you want to bastardize it for the sake of safety. And and I'm not trying to downplay player safety, but I think at some point you have to realize that you're paying these people millions of dollars to take these injuries and and if if that's too much, then we need to get rid of it as a whole. Well, and that's or the thing. Like, it it's it's not like thing. this is isn't a choice of these athletes, right? Like, at the end of the day, at one point, they get to take a look around and be like, "I don't want to do this to myself anymore." And there's yeah. already examples of guys saying, "You know what? I'm done." Jordan I'm not gonna... Cameron in the NFL just They're... retired at 29. Absolutely, he's done doing that to his body. I think Luke Keekley, if that if if he gets one more concussion, because I know he got that one last week and mm-hmm. uh, for the Panthers. Yeah. Um, what third one in three years? Now all of a sudden he's back in the game. That's a whole nother story. Yeah. I don't want to talk, start talking about the NFL's concussion protocol, but um, but they put up a tent. <laughs> <laughs> but I think right when you had three concussions in three years, you start worrying about what you're going to do in your future. Yeah. Well, like and again, at the end of the day, it's just like you said. I I, I am all for making the game safer. I just hate this tinkering to affect scores. I think it's the negative uh, thing that has happened in the NBA. I think that it's a long-term thing. I think the NBA right now is up and the sport is up in popularity because the game has never been more accessible. Yeah, yeah. I also, think, I think the tech. I think the game has become so much faster paced. Well, I mean, you can't hand check anymore. Right. There's so little that you can do physical wise, so the game's become much more open and flat. I just don't. I don't. I think long term, though, in all honesty, I think that's going to hurt the game. 
I, I think long term. Well, I think it's different with the NBA than it is for the NHL. Right. Well, because, because the NBA for, is supposed to be a non-contact well, league. Also, right? because for people who watch the NHL and love the NHL, you can watch a two-one game and really enjoy it. True. But at a at a low level, the difference between the NBA and the reason that more people are jumping onto the NBA bandwagon is because you can step in for five minutes of a game and be entertained the entire that's, time. That's a fantastic point. Yeah, like so you can see that big dunk happen, like three dunks within five minutes, where you're not necessarily gonna see three goals in right. five minutes. I can watch a, I can watch a period of an NHL game as a casual viewer. And be bored. Yeah. Whereas if I'm watching 10 minutes of NBA as a casual viewer, mm-hmm. you're going to see at least one play where you go, wow, that was really cool. But the, yeah, so the, but the biggest problem is, is that you can't do it with fouls. You can't do it with penalties, right? And when it does come down to fouls and penalties, like I said, even though you're seeing goals scored, you're seeing them scored in almost an unexciting way. Watching a power play dominate another team for five minutes Isn't in a period... Fun. It's, it's fun the first of, time. Maybe. Yeah, but like right, it's situationally they, fun. It's like, whoa, that power play happens close to the end of the game when the momentum was the, on the other team side, and now it's on this. Well, I think you always want one. I think the first power play for each team is really fun, where you get to see how their power play, you know, how each team's special teams are reacting to the other one. Yeah. After the fourth or fifth power play, you're like, listen, guys, you've been dominating them all game. At this point, you're just handing them free. Well, and that's what I mean. We're talking about games where... Uh, on the Chicago Blackhawks side, it was in the Leafs Chicago game a couple weeks ago, not even where uh, right away Quinville came out and he he called out the refs and was like, I think there was six slashing miners called in the game alone. Like, now, do you think again, that's, that's kind of fixing itself as the as the season wears <coughs> well, on in the early? Let's event? hope, like, because again, I've seen a lot more of it so far than I haven't. So I'm hoping so, and I don't unfortunately get to catch every game. Of course, right? I think it's impossible. Right. So it, it's I'm seeing I've seen more of it to this point than I haven't, but at the same time, at the same time, I hope that the league's going to be malleable enough, which they've shown in the past to be. They have that I mean, they the go they, that they, they did back off of. To well, a yeah, since the preseason, they've been like, guys, let's not call penalties, kick guys out right away, but let's stop with the penalties because the penalties are too much. Because again. That does slow the flow of the game because hockey and, should be being played end to end. Of course, and I think in, in in the spirit of the flow of the game, one of the things that they did really well was implementing that penalty for uh, you know extra challenges or for for failed challenges. Absolutely, right. Because it, right. it, it makes that more of a a precious item than it was previously. Well, because and that's the whole good, bad, and ugly with rule changes, right? And every league goes with them, right? Uh, you almost kind of wish that there was a little more penalized action to coaches in the NFL. You know what I mean? Like Definitely. you get a 10 yard penalty as well as you lose a timeout, right? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like but then again, timeouts really in the NFL are more important than in any other sport. Absolutely. I mean, even I think the NBA might be a close second maybe, mm-hmm. but I, yeah, I know depends, that, yeah. right. But the NFL, I mean, the every possession counts so much that, but, by far and away, but again, it's still that 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 one time out. Still, you have those flags sometimes coming out. You know, the maximum amount of times they can in the game. Yeah, and, and again, it's just like if you, sometimes you just got to stop nitpicking. And if if you're allowing a team to get that close, maybe you deserve to be scored on. So let it go. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, uh, I think the art of challenging in the NFL has become a really interesting thing. Well, the only reason why I like Andy Reid as much as I do is because he doesn't challenge as 
often because he fails miserably at it most of the time, and he's kind of known for not well, being. Yeah, very I good think at knowing what knowing what you don't know is a very important skill to have. Absolutely, because and and it's just I like that idea that like especially because the only time you're going to be checking that offside is if you're scored on. So if you get scored on and challenge and lose that challenge on seeing if it was an offside before the goal was scored, you also then receive a bench minor two minutes in the box. That's great. That's great because you're not stopping the flow. Play's already stopped course, because there's a right? goal scored, right? So they're going to center ice to do a face-off anyways. You're going to go, hey, take more minutes and check that for me because – which was seem to be happening all the time. Yeah, the guys and are back. And it's easy, right? Of yeah. course, you you use it because it's so. It, and that's the thing, right? With the NHL, it's such a the, one goal can change the entire outcome of a game. Right. So if you have that opportunity, I'd be throwing the flag. But now you have time. to. Th now you have to think. Now you have to think. Well, like, do I put my team? We just got scored on. Also on the power penalty kill, well, it's like that's, that's right. A that's a huge uh, ad adaptation. Yeah, I mean, the, and that's great. You know, like, and I'm not saying that I like the the whole thing is there are areas, and just like you said, the good, the bad, and the ugly. Yeah, I mean, as much as I love the changes to flow, I think that the player injury prevention techniques might be a little over the top yeah. with the slashing rules. Yeah, right. Um, having said that, that's I mean, why you have refs is to judge intention. Right. You know what I mean? Like it's the same as like they do this whole rule, which I was explaining to Brand, uh, Brando before, which was uh, kicking the puck in the net. Kicking the puck in the net is only considered a kick if there's a kicking motion. If there's a kicking motion, right? But if you turn your skate without having the kicking motion, it's a goal. Yeah. Which is still. BS, in my opinion. I think that it... Intent has always been a large thing in a lot of sports. That has been the most subjective... And again, that's the whole point of having refs. Get the refs to do their job better. Well, I can't believe that in the NBA they just started hiring full-time refs. Before right. that, they were using part-time referees. Right, yeah. But how is a major league where the referees have that much power, how is it still part-time? Right. You're, you know, like, if you're paying the players millions of dollars to decide the outcomes of games, how are you also paying these guys part-time wages and getting them on a part-time basis when they have so, all, as much, if not more, power than the players? And, and that's got to be something that I'd say was one of the things I like in the NBA, in, in, or sorry, in the NHL and the NFL, is, like, you got these referees that don't take guff. You yeah. know what I mean? Where the NBA, they seem to get turned over a little bit. You know what I they mean? Do, they do, right? Uh, but then again, but again on, the NHL is time. very well known for the makeup call. Yeah. Sorry we missed that one. Here's, you come back down the ice chance. and he kind of tapped you a little bit. Yeah, yeah there's true. a stick. There's yeah. a slashing penalty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. To keep that ebb and flow between the, the benches. Right, kinda. right. And you can <laughs> see it, right? After the ref will look over at the captain from the other team and he's like, I got you there. But, I missed to, that one. To that point, I don't think there's been any more any sport that's suffered the consequences or repercussions of not doing so. Right? Like, there's no other sport that um, that payback for a dirty hit not being dealt with by the league. That's fair. Right? Like the whole Bertuzzi thing sh should have never happened that the league did its due diligence and would have uh, suspended the player for hitting Naslin the way he did. Yeah. Or, or at least informing the team, hey, don't play him this game. Yeah, I think the NFL is probably gonna... a close second in that. Regard. I wouldn't even say a close second because you know, you'll see guys throw at each other, but they don't have the constant moment of as soon as that guy's on the ice, you go out, bomb yeah. him. You so know do, what I mean? you, uh, like, do you think that uh, the next time sh that uh, Green Bay plays the Bears, 
Do you think there's any repercussion for really. uh, for no. the Aaron Rodgers? No, the, the repercussion in the NFL is a little different. Um, I, I honestly think that that was tough, man. Like that hit wasn't crazy bad. It was. I just mean, he's a runner. He's yeah. he's outside the pocket at right? that point. Absolutely, like, like you can't. And this is now the second time that Aaron Rodgers had his collarbone. Though. Right. It, it, well, like I mean, the, there was there's been worse hits. The Trevathian hit was a lot worse than this. That was. I still honestly, and this is something that I wrote about in the Ezekiel Elliott article. I no longer trust the NFL to handle disciplinary issues correctly because yeah. I watched that hit and I was watching that hit when it happened. I can't believe he wasn't removed from that game. There was a lot of frustration happening. That was hard to watch. And that hit was exemplary of a frustrated player taking a little extra out on another player. And that's everything everything that that league is trying to get rid of. And that's something that they made a focus on of this year of saying, if you guys hit somebody like that, Mm -hmm. it's no longer just a suspension. You're ejected. Yeah. Like, that's it. And he did everything. He launched himself... Crown to crown on a defenseless receiver whose momentum was stopped. Yes. What are you doing and why? Like, and and just in a vacuum, that wouldn't have been such a big deal. You say, well, they just missed it. Yeah. But in light of the Zeke case where it was completely mishandled by both the NFL and the NFLPA, when the NFL concussion protocol is a complete joke and everybody knows it, and now you have guys doing direct helmet-to-helmet contact. Mm-hmm. Devontae Adams comes back the next game when he should have been out with a concussion for at least two or three games after that hit. Mm-hmm. I mean, he got carted off the field on a stretcher. Yeah. Like, that's ridiculous. Well, me. I mean, and the NFL has to be wary and learn some things from the NHL of this mentality where certain players don't don't suffer the same consequences, right? You, you have your classic cases where some players got away with it because they're superstar players, but then when a player who has a reputation to do the same act doesn't, you know, they, they kind of get to walk a little scot-free, it, it needs to be the same rules no matter who it is, right? If it's your number one player and he does something that is with intent to injure another player, he needs to get hit just as hard. And until the league start taking these things seriously... We're gonna have these kind of questions when it's like, well, why is why is this happening? You know what I mean? Like Trevathian should have been suspended. I mean, if this was the NHL next game, like if it was another uh, game between those two teams, Lions, I believe. Oh uh, yeah, it was the Lions. Lions and Bears. Um, or Lions and Packers, or, yeah. No, Lions. No, it was the Bears and yeah. Packers. It was the Bears. No, wait, Bears play the Trevathian. The Trevathian. Oh, the Trevathian hit Bears and Packers. Yeah. No, Bears and. Uh, was it Packers? Yeah. Yeah, it was Packers. Devontae so. Adams, yeah. Sorry. Bears and Packers. Um, oh, what would end up happening is the next game was a goon would come out and dust Trevathian. And you almost kind of have to say you there's something seen. beautiful about the enforcer that every sport should be allowed well, to have. Well, I'm you know surprised. What I, mean? <laughs> I, I wouldn't be surprised to see them coming with a lot of crackdown blocks on him next game yeah. when they see him. Although I know they kind of outlawed those, right. but you can still kind of pick guys... I wouldn't be surprised if, if, to if, see... If, if there's a play that's going downfield and it's over, I wouldn't be surprised if someone comes in blindside shoulder and drops a shoulder on shoulder, dumps them into the, uh, yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah, because that... Man, the Packers have had bad luck this year. I mean, that Devontae Adams hit was inexcusable. Um, and then Rodgers goes down. I mean, that's basically the end of their season. Well, is it though? Like, And that's what people are questioning. It's just like, 
I get I, I, you've got two sides to what's happening in the Packers. Well, it's who really else do the Packers have? It's unfortunate really. too because I love what Aaron Rodgers does. Right? I hate the Packers. But what do they have? That's the thing. Defensively, they're terrible. I mean, they and they haven't, and it's been this way for years. Rodgers is their team. Mm-hmm. You surround him with decent receivers, you, but you, they never give him protection. His offensive line is historically terrible. But do you just do you just then call it in and just run the backups? Is that what you do? Is that the right answer of a playoff-bound team? What's the alternative? I mean, you have no running game. You have no offensive line. But you don't even try. No you're saying you don't and even, you have no defense. You're saying you don't even try. You don't even try like Colin Kaepernick. Oh, I think, I think you have to. I think that's the only way you become a competitive team again. I mean, I know that they're sticking with Brett Hundley and that's what they're saying. Yeah. But I just don't see how Brett Hundley gives you the same chance and that Colin Kaepernick gives you from a skill standpoint. And for probably a huge discount for one year. Like, you yeah. don't have to sign this guy long term. You can still work on Hundley right. without think, exposing him to potential... Uh, at this point... I don't know why you don't bring Kaepernick back because I think he's the he's seen as the instigator of the entire protest movement. Mm-hmm. He's already said at this point that his his per- personal protest has moved beyond that point. The other that thing- he's no longer kneeling during anthems anymore because he's now more invested in this portion of the protest doing it off the field. Right. He knows that him kneeling isn't going to do any more. So don't you think that having him on a team and seeing him stand at in front stand at the anthem is going to show other players, hey, if the guy that we're emulating is doing it in another way, why are we still kneeling? And, and, but even more beyond that, you don't think the league at right now should be going to the Packers like hire him, hire him. They're already charging us for collusion. Give the man a job, right? <laughs> you know what I, I mean? think it like, solves all your problems. Absolutely, the players see Kaepernick not kneeling, and they go, "Well, obviously we're doing something wrong. Why are we still doing it this way?" They have an easier venue to get a hold of him. Mm-hmm. They can take part in all those. I think he kneels one one more time. Well, he's already said publicly. He said, "If I get back on a team, I'm not kneeling because that's not where I'm at anymore." I am now. He he just went See, to Africa last, the, to set up houses and the villages. The last article right? I, I read said that that was actually Aranus. The last article mm-hmm. I read on Kaepernick said that that was an Aranus report and that he would definitely continue to protest the anthem if he was back in the NFL. It, well, he would, eh? Yeah. Okay, so that's different then. I mean, at that point, it, it solves your collusion issues, it but. Does. It almost... Hey, Aaron Rodgers was one of the biggest voices that was coming in support of the protest of the anthems, in my opinion. And I so... think, for, honestly, let's from a skill, from a sports standpoint, Ka- Kaepernick is, A, the best quarterback left on the market. Yeah. I mean, if somebody wants to tell me that Brandon Whedon is a better quarterback than Colin Kaepernick, I... I... I don't know what I would say. No. Um, or Ryan Fitzpatrick? Yeah, I still... You know what? Ryan Fitzpatrick, from a game managerial standpoint, is a better quarterback than Colin Kaepernick. Ooh, no, I don't even go that he far. He doesn't have the same arm strength. He doesn't have the same accuracy. But if you're looking for a guy... So all the things that the quarterbacks do. <laughs> right, but if you're looking for a guy just to he ride... can't throw it as far or well, as he doesn't have he doesn't have the same skills yeah. but his mental game is a little better than Kaepernick's for what you need for say the Panthers I, or for say not the Packers 
Because the Packers need somebody who can win them games. Yeah, well, like, I'm just saying that. If, 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 in all honesty, that's been the most ridiculous is the fact that through all of this, Fitzpatrick has found teams, and he's been given thing, up on by teams that have worse quarterbacks. Of course, still but dude, him. remember that the NFL is not the NBA. You right. can't take Russell Westbrook and put him on any team and still be good with him. No, right? The NFL is a system league, and you really do need, especially at your quarterback position, a quarterback that fits your system. Absolutely. Now, having said that, Colin Kaepernick is the perfect quarterback right now for the Packers. Absolutely, he's got a very similar style to Rodgers. Um, they've had, I guess, a little bit of a running game lately, which Kaepernick is great off the bootleg. I think that that kind of accentuates the one part of your offense that you have going for you. The right fact now. that he's mobile is the what's going to make the difference for that Packers team because the Packers, as they much as everybody wants to always line. seem surprised that that Rodgers is a mobile quarterback, he is a mobile mobile quarterback. Well, dude, that, he's just pocket first. That's, that's the thing. There's a reason. There's a reason that the Packers are always seen as a borderline playoff team. Right. It's because nobody ever wants to say that they're going to be good until they see Rodgers still doing Aaron Rodgers <laughs> things. Yeah. Right? Like you can't always bank on the Packers doing what they do because who knows if Packer if Rodgers is going to throw yeah, four yeah, touchdowns. Yeah, has an off season. It's right? over, That's right. it. That's the end of their team. They have no offensive line. He does most of his work outside the pocket. He throws passes that almost nobody else can throw. But Kaepernick has shown the ability to throw crossbody, to throw outside the pocket, mm -hmm. to make throws off the bootleg. To, to, to use his legs to score touchdowns, too. Right. right? I, yeah. think that that's a, I think that if you're looking at it from a purely system perspective, which is what every owner that hasn't wanted Kaepernick has said, well, he just doesn't fit our system. Mm -hmm. I think that that is a moot point at this point. Like, and like again, you're the Green Bay Packers. You can have a bad season, but I think you're call, you're phoning it in. If the fact is, is that Hudley is, and if you're phoning it in, is that not what we're supposed to be avoiding as well as sports? Like, um, the the whole NBA rule now, where you're not allowed to where they your really revamp the law, and they really revamp the lottery to uh to you know disapprove tanking. Yeah. Where now the top three teams have the exact same chance, and every team below them has a little bit of a higher chance right. now. Yeah, and, and, and again, it's like, th those are the sort of things that I, I, I kind of worry about. Like, are we that against Colin Kaepernick, even though he could be a unifying, uh, uh, used as a unifying tool, especially if we get him on and the now Think side. about it this way, though. Does making the playoffs make the Packers any better next year? Really? No. And does losing the playoff, does losing out on the playoffs, make them any worse for to their fan base? So you're kind of you're hitting like on a development development standpoint. This may be good to get Hudley in, being that they're hoping he is the future. No, no, I'm saying you know Aaron Rodgers probably isn't going to come back this season. Mm -hmm. This is now based on the team you have in front of you. You've been forced to reevaluate your team and say, what are we doing now? Right. Do you pick up Colin Kaepernick, maybe squeak into the playoffs and get your pick at 16 or 17? Mm -hmm. Or do you say, we know Aaron's coming back next year. Are we just going to trot out the exact same team with no offensive line and no defense and make another push at an outside playoff team? Or do we say, get Hunley out there, see what we have in a backup quarterback in case this happens again? But this season is lost to us. So the best thing we can do is get a draft pick that's going to give us. I mean, I know that the next that the, really the top guys coming up this year are our quarterbacks. So maybe yeah. you're looking at a fifth or sixth overall pick. I mean, based on the based on how you performed in the early season, you mm -hmm. might win two or three more games. 
So you're looking at a 6-10 and 10 finish, mm. maybe a 7th or 8th pick. You get an impact defensive player or an offensive lineman, ideally, to protect your franchise quarterback for the next five years. Here's the, th- the thing is, is that uh, you do that, though, and you really have to start considering that the, Packs, the Packers are a team put in a situation where they have to start thinking about who's the replacement for uh, well, I think Rodgers is 32, 31, so he's still in his prime. He's going to be in it for another two or three years. Yeah, but again, development-wise, I get it. Like, here's the problem, man. It's like, again, there's been two examples of – there's two big examples of this, all right? Um, when Jeff Garcia was brought in from the CFL and uh, he yeah. had to play for, uh, for Steve Young. Remember, yep. it was like Steve Young went down, and, and then he, Jeff Garcia was the guy. Was though. The, he, no, 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 he wasn't the guy. He he lost his job when Steve Young came back, and he got his opportunity in Philadelphia. That's what it was, right? In the and he became the guy in Philadelphia. It didn't quite work out all that great, but you know what I and mean. And then in Tampa Bay as well, right? Yeah, I, I don't know when where he was it was. Super old. Yeah, um, but either way, I forget where he went after that. But I remember it was there, then Philadelphia, and then Philly got um, uh, then Philly got McNabb. Well, McNabb was kind of known as a bit of a band-aid, too. Andy Reid's never been blessed with a really rock-solid number one quarterback. He's always kind of had to deal with what he's got. Yeah, he's a quarterback whisperer. Now, the last time we can all remember, McNabb got injured and they were a playoff team with McNabb. They had to bring in a quarterback, and they brought in Michael Vick, and it was like this: "Holy crap, Vick is back!" And there was a debate even when he came back. When when, uh, when no, that was um, Nick Foles. They brought in Nick Foles was Donovan McNabb's backup, and then McNabb went down, and Foles played really well, and then they shipped McNabb out to Washington. Remember? No, no, no. They had a McNabb uh, Vick. Vic came in in Philadelphia, and everybody was like, oh, Vic my God. Vic came in behind Nick Foles, and then Nick Foles went down in the first game of the season, and that's when Vic had his seven or his six or five touchdown game. Oh, was it? Either way, you, you remember, they went out and got Vic. They, yeah. Like, Vic was a free agent at that point. Nobody was willing to touch him. And it's and, and it, it still kind of it, it resembles this. Now, on the positive of sticking with your backup, there's one story and one story only. There's a... Guy, I don't know if you've ever heard of him, Tom Brady, who's playing in the NFL. Yeah, right. Day, who was the backup who to... Who knows, yeah, who knows if Hunley is the next, what, Kirk Cousins or Tom Brady. You know, I just... I, he, he's probably not Tom Brady, but who knows? He could be the next Kirk Cousins. Man, why does everybody hate on Kirk Cousins? With what he does in Washington, man, that That's guy, what I'm saying, right? Yeah. That's, a, that's a pretty good ceiling to have. And Kirk uh, Cousins was the backup there to Robert to RG3, and then yeah. RG3 went down, and there you go. Cousins is the guy. Yeah, well, like, and again, it's just like you don't know where you want to go, but there's more. There's definitely more stories in the NFL where they go pick up somebody. Of they course. Can, especially when you... But it, I think it, it, it comes it, to a point where you have to look Am I looking to squeak into the playoffs this year and make my fan base happy? Do I need to do that? Or is it better for us to make sure that next year when our best quarterback possibly ever, like the best and the most talented, let's Mm -hmm. say, quarterback ever, comes back from this injury, do we want to put a championship team around him that we can look at for the next two or three years and say, well, we added this piece through the draft, and, and yes, we tanked that season. And yes, we could have picked up Colin Kaepernick, but for the betterment of our team as a whole, mm-hmm. this was the best move. For Here's us. what I think: if you grab Kaepernick, you protect Hudley, 
right? You grab Kaepernick at super cheap, hoping he comes in at super cheap, right? You yeah. grab, and you do this because if the offensive line is as bad as you're saying it is, you're not going to take your potential future quarterback and let it be open season on his ass for the remainder of over half a season. You know what I mean? In all honesty, I think that you're leaving this kid out to dry. More than more than whether or not Kaepernick, Kaepernick, you bring in for the rest of the season, and that is it. You He's going to win you games, though. Yeah. Do you want to win games this year? You know what? Winning, you're still not. You've still already won more games that's going to put you in the bottom three. Of course, you know what I mean. But you don't so need it, to be in the bottom still, three, right? You're Even still going to be in the NFL. Like the top eight, really, are surefires. Mm. You know, on the offensive and defensive side of the ball, because mm. you get like the top two are quarterbacks. Yeah, and those are like the only surefire quarterbacks, if that. Then yeah, after, Marcus Russell, right? Then after that, you get your your tackles, your corners, and your safeties. Yeah, absolutely. The real impact. Players. That's what I'm saying. Your top 10, 10 picks. You're 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 laughing. You're gonna be able to improve your O line right. top. Ten. So, but this is the thing. I think Colin Kaepernick makes them a borderline playoff team where they're picking at seventeen or eighteen, and I don't think you want that if you're the Packers. Okay. Right. So, like, I get. I do think that Kaepernick has a case for collusion. Mm. I think that he jumped the gun a little bit on accusing it, mm. but I think he's got a case. Now, do I think that the Packers should have picked up Kaepernick, knowing that the league, or thinking, assuming that the league is colluding to not have him? No. I don't think that the Packers are the team that he should latch on to. I don't think that he is the guy that they should get for the rest and, of the season. And everybody is asking this question, is he even ready to go back at this point, being that he did just file for collusion? We're, we're assuming right now that he's going to run to whatever team asks at this point, right? Is he already done with the NFL and he's filed this collusion to say, you know, I'm out. I um, want nothing to do with this. Well, but you guys I do know that I do know that Jason Lookinfora from the NFL Network did say that he had a meeting with Kaepernick and he had got he had seen Kaepernick right after he had gotten back from a from a four a.m. workout or a six a.m. workout where he gets up at four a.m. every morning and he works out at six a.m. or works out from five to like seven or whatever for two hours. That's his daily thing. He's throwing a thousand balls a day. Like he wants to be in the NFL. Okay. Um, that is his number one goal right now. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just don't think that the Packers right now. I, are I the think team. the Packers are, are a team that would be perfect for him in terms of the fact that they're a perfect system. I just think that I, I think that where they're located in Wisconsin, and I think everybody knows this damn straight. He, he, Kaepernick's not going into Green Bay, man. You know, he wouldn't go into Green Bay. <laughs> I think system-wise, it's a great fit. Yeah. I think if you're looking at what the Packers want from this year and what Packers fans want from their team, neither of those things work. Okay, interesting. You know, I don't think the Pack. Well, exactly what you were saying. I think exactly what the Packers want out of it, I don't think it's good. Also, I don't think I think you're right. I think the I think Packers fans don't like Kaepernick and they don't want him there. No, I if if this was New York, maybe, maybe if this was New York, not right. the Jets but the Giants. The Giants, I think that it. they can handle extra personalities like that. Definitely, um, I think Dallas could handle it. Oh yeah, well Jerry Jones, I think would. Uh, and this is the thing: I can't believe that when Tony Romo went down, they didn't or. Um, 
Like, Dak Prescott's a good quarterback. Yeah. I can't believe you don't get Ka- Kaepernick as backup insurance. Right, especially when you're already the Cowboys. Yeah, right. I mean, Jerry Jones has always been a guy who sticks up for his players. He's stuck up for them now during but the, the other But the other well, thing, uh, it, it needs to be said that he did dump a million dollars into Trump's campaign, and Trump did was the one that made the comment that no owner you, should. Come on, though. Do you think that that's related to Kaepernick and the anthem, or do you think that that's related to the, his failed USFL enterprise? I think it's got a little bit to do with both. I, I think that he's found a, 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 a like I think that he's found a way to, to, to kind of link his agenda into I think he's found a way to to distract from his agenda through the NFL right yeah. and I think it would have taken any anybody it could have been anybody it could have it doesn't have to be the NFL but I think he also had a vested interest in making sure the NFL but failed was, and, because and they made was, him he fail. was making he was making comments about Kaepernick last year too. You know what I mean? This is Again, though, like, no, right? Know. Anything to make the NFL look bad. Right, yeah. I think also it makes him look better because he's sticking up for America. It distracts from what he's doing maybe in his campaign or now in his presidency. And I think uh, it's just easy for him, you know? It makes him... It, it boosts his ego while at the same time serving his own personal gains. Right, true. I get that. But like I said, it, it's an interesting thing because it's like all these quarterbacks are going down... Minnesota, they're not sure about like Brad. Well, Casey Keenum's like, been playing fantastically. Though. Sure, but I, like, you know, I, what, I can I give Minnesota a pass because of how good. Casey but I mean, Keenum you don't even be. need to bring in Kaepernick to start. You can bring him in to be third string, right? Like that's the weird thing here. I know. I don't think he'd be upset with that. No. I think if he gets back into the league and I feel story like he goes away and a... he can focus on his altruism, mm. then he's happy. I think you put him in third string. I think he he would also not just that. I think he would give him motivation to be like, I'm going to prove that. I'm ready. For, I'm gonna and take I think the door opens for him. Yeah. I think that's all he needs, right? You bring him in as a third string quarterback for a year, and he just sits on the bench and holds a clipboard, and that door is wide open for well, him. Like, next I mean, year. even even like I mean the the hype around Houston, how how terribly that's worked out. Unfortunately, again, another big injury to JJ Watt. Yeah, right? but like, but dude, Deshaun Watson looks like the real deal there. Right. That kid's got what two five touchdown games already. He's yeah. throwing the ball amazingly. That deep ball he had to uh So Miller what happened to this Houston defense? Why are they losing games at the clip that they're losing games? JJ like, Watt JJ Watt really is I mean that's he's the heart and soul of that team. Right. And he does everything. I mean, that team is built from the defensive line Because they did not out. look good against Kansas City. Dude, their team is built from the defensive line out. Right. And that defense is built on pressuring the quarterback. Right. If Absolutely. you're going to play man behind them, you need pressure on that quarterback. Yeah. And if you don't have J.J. Watt, like, Clowney's great. But having what they do is they stack Clowney and J.J. up on the same side and then say, who are you going to stop? Mm-hmm. Now you know who you're going to stop. You're going to stop Clowney. And then you're going to let the other guy try to get through. Whoever JJ's backup is, you're like, fine, you come through, man. Mm. We're doubling Clowney, and you can deal with us. Yeah. It's it's just interesting. Like like I said, I think you could. there's a case for some teams. Like the Jets, I get why the Jets don't. The, the, the New York Jets are... You're, they can't even tank right. They can't even tank right. Um, yeah, what are they, 3-3 three and three right now? Or yeah, 3 yeah. up. Um, you, you know, I, like, I mean, Carr goes down for a significant time. You're not going to give Kaepernick. Like, Oakland seemed like prime candidate. You already got beast mode. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, throw him in Oakland, man. Let him be gangster for a bit. Like, I don't know, man. It, it's just, it is weird to me that the NFL scene, like, and, and that's why I don't think he's going to win the collusion case by any means, but I think he's got, 
I think he there has been collusion. There is a case there. It's just you. This is the thing, man. I don't think Colin's done anything right in this protest. I think he's gone about it all the wrong way. So as much as I want him to be in the league, I don't have a lot of sympathy for him because he hasn't gone about it the right way. Right. Um, it's just so like, and that's why I'm kind of done. Like I'm done with it. Yeah. I mean, I can only feel so much for somebody who's put themselves in such a place where, like, come out publicly onto TV shows. I know he doesn't want to play the game, but sometimes if this is really what you want, you have to play it. Sure. You know, like, to a degree. Um, like, like I said, my only issue with it at the end, I get, I respect what you're saying about Kaepernick. I just don't. I still just can't believe it. Like if I think I, Kaepernick if I don't is a serv- serviceable quarterback, regardless of all the BS and the things that we've dealt with from NFL players in the past, and the, the second chances and all this other stuff that they've gotten. And Kaepernick's the one sitting out. I mean, like compared to what oh, they've well, been doing. Oh well, we know, we know, right? Like yeah, the NFL, the it's NFL will do me. anything for talented players, right? And they will do anything to make their league look a little better. And if sweeping stuff under the rug is what it takes then that is what they will do they just couldn't sweep Colin under the rug no yeah um yeah they couldn't and then again it's just it is it is the it's a weird league because it is it's like you were catering to a white crowd for a black sport you know what I mean which is really strange and you just you can't have that you can have it happen in the NBA you can't have it happen in the NFL um um uh, and, and like I said, man, like the NFL right now, though, is suffering so hard from like, how many more superstars are we going to be missing? Well, the NFL is suffering from a lot of things. Like, first of all, as a Canadian, I hate Dazen. It's the worst. The new streaming service that they have. Yeah, okay. It's really? viciously bad. Okay, see, so yeah, I was considering getting it. Oh, it's terrible. Um, NFL Network refuses to load. Because it's uh, the, the the streams for each game open up at when the games start. At that point, traffic gets you know diverted. But when everybody's trying to watch pregame stuff, it's impossible. You cannot get the stream to load. Oh, okay. Well, they're primarily a UK-based server or a UK-based streaming provider, sub so, like serving the largest single like streaming user in the largest country in the world. Like having the US. On their prime time games being serviced by a UK based streaming provider, that you're not like the game's cut in and out. I can't watch any pregame. It's ridiculous. No, oh, that's unfortunate, man. It sucks, man. Um, but yeah, I mean, the lots of stars going down. Like, I just, I'm curious about this year. Is this going to be one of those years where everybody just kind of shrugs? I mean, Gronk is already injured. Uh, you got, but Gronk is your gets a given. I know, but you're always there. hoping as a football fan to see more Gronk. You you got you got Rogers out. You got Watt out. You've got uh, who else is the big guy that's out right now? Oh, you got Odell Beckham. OBJ. OB. Well, Giant the Giants' entire receiving core is decimated. Right. I mean, Marshall Sterling, is out. Brandon Marshall and Sterling Shepard, their third guy, is down right. too. So again, it's and just, they just won their first game without all those three. Right. Who right. knows if uh, having OBJ outside of that locker room is helping them as a team? Hey, I don't know if I'm mistaken here, but I don't remember any of the two Eli fucking championships being won with an Odell Beckham one. Oh, dude, roster, Eli so. is a trash quarterback. <laughs> hey! Eli, yeah, but he's... You he, that Colin Kaepernick has a better QBR over the past five years than Eli Manning does. I know. 